Sweet. Let's get this thing rolling. Thanks for coming over here, Gimp. <laughs> yeah. Feeling it pretty good today. Yeah. You're walking around like you're 70 years old. I'm going to go have to hit up the chiropractor <laughs> probably before I go back to work. Right. Well, which is uh, Sunday? Sunday night. Oh, man. Well, um, I appreciate you for coming. I wanted to get together after you and I um, uh, filled my tag and then um, talk about kind of how the season's gone so far and uh, just kind of hopefully give other people hope, I guess. I mean, if we can fill a tag, anybody can. Right. <laughs> so uh, well, give me a brief, uh, I guess, introduction real quick and and because uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. So why don't you tell people who you are, what you do, if you want. Tell them what I do for... Well, you can co-skate hunter. Oh, yeah. You don't have to tell people that you work, you know, <laughs> where you work. Yeah. So Brad Powell, uh, co-skate hunter on Instagram. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, like, I like bow hunting. Yeah. And killing elk. <laughs> I like to kill elk. And pack With meat. my bow and yeah. pack meat. I think the first time I met you, well, I know the first time I met you was on Anthony's Bulls pack out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I, I think like the first thing, one of the first things I learned is like, I like to elk hunt and I like to pack meat. And I'm like, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. like, sweet. Well, uh, so let's go ahead and start into this, uh, season. And for me, um, it's been really productive for bugles, which I've never gotten this many bugles this early in the season before over on the coast. Like okay. I've, I've never had this many bugles. This before. has been my best season so far. For, I think for bugles for bugles. Yeah. yeah. I hear a lot of guys. It's really mixed because most guys are hearing a lot of elk, but then you see or hear other guys that are like, I haven't seen or touched an elk or even heard an elk yeah. all season. And it's like, man, like, I don't know what you're doing. You're either in the wrong area or not. You're just, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but most people I talk to are getting into them. Yeah. And so, uh, which is a great uh, difference versus last year because last year it was pretty good and then it got shut down for fire season, like, what, around the 9th? Yeah, we were shut. Well, I know we were shut out for nine days. That sucks. Right in the heart. Yeah. Right in the heart. And then heart. when we came back in, it was crickets. <laughs> right. It was bad. So Worst um, season I've had. The only difference this year for me is is um, I, I'm still using the uh, pink reed uh, from Phelps. That's like my go-to reed. And then I'm using the bro uh, bugle that's going to come out. I don't know when it's coming out, but um, we were lucky enough to get our hands on a couple. They made me way freaking louder. Like the first thing, as soon as I put my hand on on the bugles, immediately I knew a difference of how loud that freaking bugle was. And you could just instantly hear it. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, everybody across the board noticed that difference. But um, I think everybody but one that we've talked to, because I know you tried it. What do you think? I think it's the loudest tube I've used. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm pretty, right there with you. Yeah, easily. So Scott, um, one of my buddies, Scott, he said he didn't know if it was louder, but he said he got different tones out of it. So I guess that's two guys that I know that that didn't know if it was louder, but they definitely they liked that it was a little bit different. Um, but James is a quiet caller, anyways. He's he's not super loud, right? Um, but I know that I was getting more echoes down drainages that I'd never gotten echoes down before. And that mm -hmm. to me was just like, well, that's, that to me just shows that it's not in my head. It, I, I am hearing echoes and drainages. I never had echoes before. And then I'd get rosy bulls, which if you have ever hunted the coast, I was getting bulls to answer 800 to a thousand yards away across the drainage. And I'm like, I've never had that. Like that is insane. Um, that, that many of them anyways. I mean, I've gotten them that far away, but not that many of them. And uh, it was just really seemed like it was really, really good for bugling, but nothing wanted to commit. Anytime I dropped in on something, they just shut up like instantly, especially this one big uh, bugle I had. And um, his his lows were, were just, I don't know, it was just a really unique, sound like a giant bull, um, super low bugle. Um, his highs were really low, lower than most bulls lows. Um, and it just seemed like as soon as I dropped on, dropped in on him, I got one more bugle and then he shut up and kind of, I think he just moved up the drainage, but that was just every experience I had this season was like, 
I could not get anything to commit. I could not get anything to stand around. And uh, I don't know about you, but that's just what my season went. Yeah. Same here until the other day. <laughs> right. So, yeah, everything's so, been – I don't know. I've same f- for me every year. You'll get bugles, but nothing wants to come in until they get cows. Or it's just my tactic, I think, you know, going after the bigger – mature bulls with cows so right well and it just seems like these bulls come out of freaking nowhere they do i don't know where they hide (laughs) i mean i've i can never figure them out i mean i run trail cameras all year you'll have you know we've had what probably 15 different bulls on camera and then they vanish never see never seen them again right and then you'll have a giant come out of nowhere and take the herd it's like what where were you you been this whole time and i know that uh james and caleb are on a big bull today and um and never seen that we've been hunting we you you more than me had been hunting that area i'd never seen that bull you've never seen that bull and he's a 275 280 inch rosy i mean he's a big bull and uh it's like where in the hell did you come from yeah it's crazy but um so long story short um you and i had hunted together how many times have we hunted together this year? This is really the first time we've started elk hunting together. Yeah, this is the first year. I mean, I met you a couple years ago. Yeah. On the pack out, and yeah, this is the first year we've elk hunted. Yeah, because I hunted sled last year, so we didn't really have a chance last year. I helped pack out your bull. Uh, you helped pack out my bull, I think. Yeah, you and Penny were both there. Oh, two the years first, ago. Yeah. Yeah. We were part of four pack outs that year. Yeah, we yeah. were. That was a good year. And, uh, and so we kind of just developed this friendship, started talking, and, um, figured out we basically hunt the same areas except you hunt a few different ones than I had been and uh so started communicating a little bit and I don't know man it just it just really seemed to work really well this year like our game plan and our, and our tactics are I'd say pretty much identical um you might target more of the herd bull big bull than I do um and I think you're probably definitely better at getting in on those big herd bulls but um basically the same tactic same game plan. Like when we were on my bull, it was like automatic. Like I didn't have to tell you what I was thinking. You didn't have to tell me what I was thinking. It was like, it was like, yep, 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 yep. Let's do that. It was just, I don't know. It's just like we've been hunting for like 10 years together. Right. Pretty cool. But, uh, so yeah. So, um, so your season started off with a lot of bugles. Mine started off with a lot of bugles. Did you get in any action at all? Like, well, let's see. Well, with you, we had that one bull. Which you going in the bottom there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On. But yeah. then same thing. He went quiet right away. Right. Yeah, we actually walked right by that bull. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he caught a whiff of us. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think he was a ventriloquist because we had him and, a, and his little buddy, and then either of them were big. But I spotted them in there that evening, called you, and you're like, I know how to get, the, get on those things. We were on them first thing. And then I think they were on one side of the creek and we are on the other and we were walking in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, crap. Because so, when we figured out where he was, we're like, oh, we walked right by him. <laughs> but uh, so that was kind of that. That area seriously blew up. I, I posted a video of me bugling off of a road. And I'm conspiracy theorist, but I think people figured out where that was because there was four rigs on there the next day. Like, it was ridiculous. Well, that is probably the most hunted spot in that general, general area. <laughs> You're right, yeah. So, I mean, maybe it was just coinkerdink, but I seriously, I, I like, dude, I think I'm done posting until we kill something. Like, mm-hmm. this is getting a little ridiculous. And so, um, so you and I decided to change areas, go hunt some of my, I know this area, like, you know, the area that we had been hunting. I know this area pretty damn well. And um, you had gotten a tip from somebody. So we checked out a, a road system, started getting into some elk sign. And uh, this is an evening hunt, right? Yep. And uh, were you on vacation at this point? No, really. So no, you that had was to, a weekend. Huh? We was it had you know, to be. I think it was a Saturday. Had to be because yeah. I didn't go on vacation until this last weekend. That's right. And um, so long story short, we aren't seeing anything. We're seeing people, um, but we're not seeing any elk. We're getting into some fresher elk sign, and it's what six o'clock, six thirty. Oh yeah, because we didn't have. Yeah, it got dark pretty quick, so it had right. to be fairly late. Yeah, and uh, I, I told you about this road. I'd seen a really, it's kind of funny, a big four-point bull with ivory tips. I'm like, I don't, he must have been a, just a genetic stud. And uh, I'm like, almost didn't take the road. I'm like, well, screw it, we're already here. And so I went down, and um, 
get out, walk the rest of the way, and and I am, am glassing, I bugle, and I started walking back to the truck, and I'm like, ah, God dang it, I'm being lazy. There's one spot on this little ridge you have to walk down to because there's like half an acre of the unit you can't see very well and um, unless you walk down here. And so I did that, and then I glassed, didn't see anything. I start bugling, and before I even end that bugle, this bull just runs into view it starts raking a tree and I'm like, Oh crap. So I finished the bugle and he bugles back and I'm like running back up the hill to you. I'm like, cause he looked like a big bull. <laughs> I think you had heard him, right? I heard him bugle. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I'm like, no, I see him. <laughs> so we make a, make a game plan. The wind sucks. Long story short. Um, you actually probably could have killed him. Maybe we might've been able to kill him that night. I think we could have if we would have dropped, but we kind of got separated there for a bit. And then uh, I snuck back up the ridge and circled down low because I thought you were down low. It sounded like you were down lower. Yeah. I, so I circled back bit. down to find you, and you're at that point, you're still up the hill. Right. But I think if we would have dropped down into the creek, who knows? I mean, it's it might really not hard to say. Out. Yeah, because he still had cows milling around down in the bottom. Yeah, they probably would have busted. And us. it was like, man, but when you dropped down and lost elevation and then he kind of had like the level or even high ground, that's when he was like, okay, let's play. Right. But when we had the high ground, obviously he's like, I'm not leaving my cows. And, um, so long story short, you and I both agree. We put him to bed and we're like, let's just come back in here tomorrow. And he's obviously is interested in us. And I think we could kill him. You're like, yeah, he's a dead bull. And, uh, so we came back in there and uh, what happens now is probably the most interesting morning I've ever had in the Elkwoods. Would you – what about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. It got, <laughs> it got a little Western. It, <laughs> I, I, this is going to be one, one story I will never forget, and hopefully we can do it justice by telling it. Um, I almost think we should almost watch the video and comment on the video as we watch it. But um, So if anybody wants to see what, what actually happened um, – you can go on to my Instagram there, and it's basically what the uh, WTF happened um, on my Instagram stories, and it's on there permanently for a while. And um, But long story short, we uh, we get to the spot. We have a game plan. We park the truck. We walk in, and, uh, I mean, it's barely daylight, like barely daylight, and we're already, at, we're already on the bull. I mean, we're, we're in the bottom of the creek, and he's 100-ish yards away from where we left him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he went. Basically to the top of the ridge, fed up to the top of the ridge with his cows. Right. We, he's mid-ridge. That's where true. Where we left him. Yeah. And he had like, I'd say eight or nine cows and then three other bulls in the herd. Like two two or three spikes and like a world's smallest three-point. And um, so you automatically, and you and I basically automatically were like, well, we tried calling him. You just was raking up a storm, bugling back almost every time. And... Um, after what, what would you say about 15 minutes of that? We're like, if you can keep them raking and bugling, I can sneak in there and kill them. And that's basically what we did. Yeah. He wasn't coming down. It's too open. He could see down in there. Exactly. He was in the perfect spot for him. Yeah. Really. Um, his only error that I would say was, was he was way too into raking with his nose in the air. He couldn't see anything and there'd be 10 or 15 seconds where you could do whatever you wanted. I mean, you could have ran. I, I did actually, I ran through a couple openings trying to, um, it was so steep and I covered, Oh man, he was 125 yards above us. And I covered probably 40 yards in three minutes, which doesn't sound like that fast, but when you don't have a lot of cover in some spots and it's super steep to me, that's hauling ass. And, uh, you kept him bugling. So at this point, um, what were you, what was your take on that whole situation when I started leaving? What was your goal? What were, what were you doing? I'm just trying to hold them in the you know same spot and try to keep him his attention on me while you sneak in. Right. You were bugling, bugling, raking, raking. Did you do any cow calling? I don't think, I'm, I don't think you did. I don't think I did, but I did go, you know, I went off to the left from you, probably what fifty yards, sixty yards, maybe wow. even more. Yeah, trying I to keep that. his attention on that side while you made your shot up. Yeah, that, that was way a good he was play. Looking over there instead of 
looking for you. Right. And there was um, there was a ri- I mean there was a ridge that kind of like a timberline ridge that came down to them, but the wind obviously in the morning is going to go top to bottom. It's going to go down. So we made the play to start in the creek and go up on them. And um, so we had the wind immediately. Um, I think at this point, all of his cows, all of the herd except him, was now over this little finger ridge. So no one in his in his herd could see us or what was going on. They just heard him beagling back and forth to another bull and raking. Um, and then, so how far, at what point did we hear that other guy bugle? You were pretty close to him. I, I mean, I started working my way up the hill. And, man, I, you know, I was probably still 100 yards away from him. But then I heard that guy pipe off. And then as soon as he piped off, I dropped down, back down to the road. Oh, really? Yeah, and then went toward him because I saw that bull. <laughs> kind of almost looked like he was going for that other hunter. Yeah. I mean, or at least went up on the ridge. It looked like to look check him out. Yeah. In hindsight, it makes complete sense because if that bull has another bull, the, a.k.a. the hunter, up higher on the ridge. Or and, closer to his cows. Or closer to yeah. his cows. He's not – there's nothing in between him and his cows except um, – there's nothing. So he went and basically played defense. He ran straight up to the spine and then ran in between his cows and the hunter because the hunter was a threat. We were below him. We weren't really a threat. We were just pissing him off. Um, at the, but at this point, the guy that was coming in up through the top um, he had advantage. He had basically a high ground, and there, there was nothing in between him and his cows. So it totally makes sense why that bull basically ditched us, went 100 yards around probably, maybe even 100 yards around, but just out of my sight. And then I remember like I'm like almost standing on his rub. I'm like, uh, keep going. I'm going to keep going. And they're like, no, he's up on the top. And so I beat feet up towards the top. I get about – 30 yards from the timber line and then I start seeing elk and I start seeing elk to my left to my right <laughs> and I'm like pretty much in the herd now I've got a cow um I'm, I can hear the guy bugling and 100% I can tell it's absolutely a hunter and um but he's got the whole herd's attention and so um I'm walking up trying to get on the same elevation as that bull so I can shoot straight across instead of taking a steep angled shot and um, I, I still don't even know where the bull is at this point. I'm just assuming he's on the, he's on the top. And I come around this reprod tree, and probably at about I don't know uh, 15 yards, um, maybe maybe less, maybe more. I poke around this reprod tree, and then literally I'm staring at a cow in the eyeballs, and she's staring at me, and I'm like, oh, shit. And so I'm like, I slowly back up around really slowly, and back up behind the reprod tree and she's just staring at me the whole time and then i take two steps around the other direction of the reprod tree and then here comes into view a spike feeding in this little draw he's 30 yards like crap and then i take like one more step and then i see the bull and he looks like he's next to a really big cow up on top of this little ridge on the um little flat spot on the ridge and i'm thinking oh crap you know i'm like man you know quartered to me he's he looked like he was 100 yards and uh, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll just, it's pretty brushy, but I'll range him. And I hit 77 yards. I'm like, oh shit, he's in range. <laughs> so I range him again, 77, 78. And then I like, there's a freaking fir tree, future fir trees and bushes in front of him. I couldn't get the same range twice. And so I tried putting it like on his head that was sticking out and I got 78 uh, two times in a row. I'm like, you know what? Good enough for me. So I dialed a 78 and I'm like, if I'm off a yard, I'll still kill it. And, uh, that guy at this point, I can see him, the the hunter, and he can see me. And so he starts bugling, and he's trying to get that bull. I think he, I'm not sure what he's trying to do. I'm guessing he was trying to get that bull back to him or whatever. And um, but when he bugles that last time, he turns that bull broad broadside for me, and I'm like, thank you. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I draw back, I anchor. Um, I, I, I have the pin right where it wants and then boom, the bow goes off. It was, it was a, definitely a surprise release. It went off a little quicker than I was expecting it, but I had it right where I wanted. And it was like the perfect execution for me. And, and the bull reacts. And I'm like, Oh, nice. You know, like that should have been a really good hit. And, um, he runs actually downhill quartered to me, 
runs to about um, 60. And like I said, guys, every range I had, I guarantee you, I was probably uh, underranging them because I was hitting brush in between me and the bowl. At this point, after that first shot, did you know I had shot yet? I didn't know for sure, but I heard some commotion going on, and I figured you had shot. I mean, because I, yeah, I was directly below you guys because mm. I moved down. I think I might have bugled a couple times. Yeah. Also was doing some hand signals that probably were uh, inappropriate <laughs> oh, yeah. to the other hunters. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, Brad Brad was trying to uh, communicate sign language over to the other hunter. <laughs> yeah, which I feel bad about because he ended up being a really cool dude. Yeah, he was a really cool dude. And once he figured out that I think that we beat him to the bowl, he, he didn't screw us. Yeah. And so shout out to Josh um, if you listen to this. Thank you for not screwing us on that bull. You yeah. could have. And very I apologize easily. for if you saw anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, his kid was up on the on the ridge with binoculars. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he, I think he was focused on the bull, so I think you're clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the bull runs, and I at this time I'm like pretty sure I have an arrow in him because he reacted like he got hit. Um, I knew where the pin was. I I knew everything felt good. And uh, the only thing was the range, you know, like, did I have the range within a yard or two? And that should be a dead bull. And um, so he stops and he's pretty much frontal. I mean, he's slightly, slightly quartered um, away from frontal, but he's all intents and purposes. He's practically frontal, almost level ground, slightly downhill. And um, he's just looking around and I'm like, I got to put another arrow in him. So I range, I hit it for like 60 60 to 62 I kept hitting the bush in front of him and so I just put it at I think 62 and um, he was behind the bush um, a little bit behind the bush and uh, but I could see exactly where I wanted to hit and so I I anchored held it right basically what I figured was probably two inches off of his um, in front of his front shoulder so I could go basically right at the base of the neck and into all the vitals and then hopefully out you know by the ham somewhere back there and um, he, when I shot that arrow, I saw the arrow leave the bow, and then I heard it hit, and he reacted really good that time, and almost instant, instantly um, was acting like real sluggish, really lethargic, and uh, didn't didn't run. He just was walking slowly, and he actually walked about thirty yards of me, and so I I was at full draw again, thinking I was going to shoot him while he was walking by, and I just it was just too brushy. And I actually ended up getting another shot at him. Did you see him come across the hill? I saw him at the top of the ridge on that last shot. Did you? Oh, you actually saw the last shot? I don't. I didn't see you shoot, but I saw where you were standing when you shot him. Oh, sweet. On that last. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so I ranged him again. Um, I got it for 62-ish. Um, I think he's probably 63, 64. Um, but again, the brush. And so I basically put it right on him when he stopped and I was, I, I'm not sure if I barked or if I just cow called to him, but, um, I got him to stop slightly quartered away and, um, put it basically right, right in the pocket. Bow was, was waiting for the bow to go off, waiting for the bow to go off. The bull starts to take a few steps. And so I literally took it off of where I wanted to aim, put it about a foot. Um, I would say, I would say probably a foot in front of his chest because he was moving at this point. The bow went off, and then it hit him about – I can't believe it didn't hit his heart, honestly. I mean, it was within two inches of his heart. Um, almost almost a perfect shot. And I don't take moving shots at 60, guys. That's not my deal. But when you already have two arrows in a bowl, you you, you take the shot. I mean, that's I, – I think that's pretty widely accepted. I don't know about you, Brad, but I would expect somebody to take that shot. Oh, yeah. And so shoot him till they're um, down. I saw his reaction on that one, and, and, it, and it reacted like a heart shot, kind of like a almost like a. It's a little bit different than a gut shot, but you know, they kind of do that front shoulder hunch and oh crap, and and then he kind of trotted off over the over the edge of the ridge, and then I quit hearing him. And so um, at this time, um, you knew I shot him again, and you start coming up the ridge, right? Yeah. And so I'm. Um, or you're giving me the thumbs up. I'm giving you the it. thumbs up and stuff, and. And um, you start coming up the ridge. You run into a thing of blood or what? What yeah, happened there? Where we had them all morning rubbing that tree, there's a pool of blood right, like right at the base of it. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I knew you had shot it. And, then, and there sure. was another bull bugling across the creek, though, right? Which turned out to be other hunters. <laughs> yeah. There's hunters everywhere. Dude, there was three. There was us. 
some friends of ours. Some that, guys from California. Some guys from California. So, and then there, so there was us, some guys from California, and then two local groups trying to kill the herd that we were on. One of them was trying to kill you because you were a big bull on the bottom. Apparently. I was the big bull, he says. <laughs> you guys hear, the, hear that big bull on the bottom? Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. Oh, you sound good. It's <laughs> that bro too, buddy. Dude, yeah. you, you do have some really good chuckles, though. They're all right. <laughs> they're I all try. They're, they are some, I'd say they're pretty exceptional chuckles. I don't know what you do. Um, I was trying to figure it out, but you definitely got the chuckles down for sure. And um, so, yeah, you're coming up to me. You find the blood trail, and then you somehow run across the blood trail. Or did you follow the blood trail up? You had me. If you're, yeah, I think you had me follow the blood trail to where I had last seen him. If I oh, remember okay. where yeah, you yeah, made yeah. that last shot. Okay. And, and then, then um, you, yeah, then you met me there. And the blood was good, you said, the whole way. Yeah, it's steady. I mean, it wasn't like pouring out of them, but it's steady blood trail. It didn't yeah. peter out at all. Which was like a a ways after I shot him that second time. Yeah. Um, a hundred, 150 yards. And so, um, um, after you told me yeah, there was a pool of blood there, cause he didn't really stop there hardly at all. And you told me there was a pool of blood. I'm like, Oh, he definitely lost some blood while he was moving. That was pretty good. Um, and so we sit there. How long did we sit there? Once you, once you and I reached each other, 45 minutes. An I, hour? Was, I would think 45. Yeah. That guy from above us walked down, I think. Or no? No, the Californians the did. The California. Oh, the, those were the Californians? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they walked down through that. I don't even know where they came from. Neither do I. And then the dad, he was down there at the bottom when we made our way down there. Right. I think the two kids walked down through that. Right, right. Through the creek. And so at some point, those guys walked down the road we came in on. And then I don't know what made us go check, but we went over the little finger ridge. And then there's two trucks parked. We heard some. We heard the elk take off. We thought that's right. Yeah. So we're yeah. like, man, let's go we'll peek over the edge and yeah. see what's going on. And we and, look uh, over the edge, and there's like a crowd, a crowd of people <laughs> down there. Some dudes down there. I've got blood down here. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for yelling on my blood trail. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was super cool. I yeah, should, they're all good guys. Uh, but they, I, I heard them talking like, we should probably let those guys know that their bull crossed the road down here. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. When I heard that, I'm like, that's like 300 yards away, dude. How do you make it that far if I shot him good? And uh, it was, uh, granted, it was all downhill, but I've never had an animal go that far when I've smoked them. You know, usually it's less than 100 yards. But Well, we got, yes, we never... Got bubbles till we hit the road, I think. Then we started getting bubbles in the blood. Right. Then, well, you found a couple of nice boogers or something. Yeah, yeah, lung uh, lung butter. Yeah, yeah. I knew I had ha- I had gotten them in the in the in the cavity when I started seeing that. And there was some light colored blood. You found that bubbly leaf. And then as we're literally talking, I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh shoot, there's bubbly blood right here. Like, and um, so yeah, we have a big powwow with th- two or three two rigs down there. There's like five guys, and um, it turns out we had ri- uh, friends watching us through a spot and scope farther up the ridge too, and um, everybody was super cool. They congratulated us, and they took off, and we decided to give them three and a half hours. So we drove off, got some service, made some phone calls, came back down three and a half hours later. By now, it's what, 11 o'clock, 11.30? 11.30. 11.30. And we start in on them, and... Uh, Got good blood, pretty much. I mean, it was not great blood, but good blood. It was steady, which is pretty impressive because it was 300 yards beyond where I'd last shot him. And he's bleeding pretty damn good. Um, and we make it in. It, now we're, how would you describe the brush that we're in? 15-year-old reprod? Yeah. About the right age. Yeah. A lot of like brush. Like three-yard visibility. Yeah. Most, most spots, three-yard visibility. Some spots, maybe 10. Maybe ten, but you maybe you might be able to see ten yards, but you're not shooting ten yards. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, Thick. that's well put. Yeah. Well put. And then uh, so we're walking in there. I'm ribboning the blood trail, um, and we start getting in there. Probably what seventy, eighty yards. We're taking our time. We're being quiet, and I don't know how really how to describe it. What would you say? What happened next? I thought it sounded well. Something just started making noises. I thought it was a bear cub. it sounded like a cub whining yeah and then we started hearing some huffing which sows do that so i'm like that's a bear but it's being you know it's being aggressive yeah it's i don't know did it quite a bit and i think we kept on moving in didn't we we did (laughs) kept moving in because i 
Yeah. Bears run off, so. Yeah. And the Cubs were on the other side of us in the South. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking, man, you know, you know how like how they get really aggressive towards like other bears and they make those weird throaty sounds like it's like a weird, really weird sound. It was kind of making that sound. And so I thought it was a sow with cubs too. And then it was just huffing and, and then it breathing really heavy, like, like almost like a panting. And uh, so we move in on it thinking we're just going to scare it away. I think you check the wind and you're like, dude, the wind's blowing like right to it. Blowing right to it. And then at that time I'm like, Starting to second guess life choices. I'm like, if he knows we're humans, we're talking and yelling at it, and it's still not backing up. I'm like, and neither of us had a freaking gun. That's mistake number one, which I will never make that mistake again. I, I'm packing a pistol every time in the woods, and I usually do pack a pistol, but not 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 that this makes it okay. But my my wife got her concealed carry, and so she's she's carrying it quite often now. So I don't have a pistol. I don't go buy one. And uh, I think we chose to back out, didn't we? At that point, a little bit. We backed out not too far. We just 20 yards. Kind of backed down, kind of talked about it. Like, yeah. And I think we chose to go back in. <laughs> right. Knock some. Well, we had arrows knocked already. We had, yeah, we had arrows knocked. And uh, yeah, so you're kind of leading the charge on the way back in. And I'm like, you know, like cautious and, and, uh, filming and and it's not backing up i think it's actually kind of coming in and, and holding its ground and it seems to be to me getting more aggressive it's doing a purring sound that was really weird yeah that that's when i was like man is that a bear or a cat yeah because it sounded just like a lion from africa right purring i'm like it sounded giant dude that can't that's not good yeah i was thinking back to like the wildlife safari we have here like a game park and i'm like that sounds just like those goddamn lions yeah and uh i'm like this is this is not good and uh it starts what's what freaked me out is that you'd hear that and then i'd hear twigs pop to my left like 20 yards i'm like that's freaking sketchy because what if you know there's there's cougars that run in packs around here like right uh see so People post trail cam pictures of Three it all the time. Three or four cougars yeah. together, yeah. And some of them, you know, obviously it's like a, a mom with kittens or something, but her kittens are freaking like 70 pounds, you know. I mean, some of these some of these groups of, of cougars, they're not just little dinks. It's like one full-grown one and then like three almost full-grown ones, and mm-hmm. they're still hanging around mom for some reason. And um, so I'm thinking like, man, we're getting surrounded by a pack of freaking cougars. What, how This never happens. And then um, I think all of a sudden I start filming. We're yelling at it at this point. I think I gave it the Wookie. Um, you the made Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a Chewbacca to it. You made some weird sound. <laughs> and uh, we're still kind of joking or like a nervous. I'm nervously joking around at this point. I'm like, this is sketchy as shit. And um, you push forward at this point. Yeah, we got pretty close to it. And I set up because you could kind of see, you know. A little bit further than, I don't know. I could see, like you, like we were just saying, you could see 10 yards, but I only had a three-yard shot if something was to come out. And then, uh, yeah, whatever it was started running at me. I could see the brush start to move. Oh. And I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I took off running yeah. like a girl. <laughs> and I, started, I was getting out of there. And I'm like, well, I mean, you, uh, you, it was on you before you could say, I think you said like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it was already on you, like I would say, fifteen yards, maybe. It was close. It was close. You saw. You actually saw it. I saw something brown, or you know, whatever. It looked like a cat, but who knows? Maybe color phase bear. I think it was a cat. It was too quiet to be a bear. I, man, I don't know what it was. But that I mean, brush erupted, and it was on your ass. Like you didn't even. I didn't have time to draw my bow. You didn't have time to draw your bow. It, you said. Oh. Well, I probably could have drawn draw my bow, but shit, I was, <laughs> I don't know. You don't, I don't, I don't think people realize how fast it happens out there. Like I was like, oh, well, I'll just draw back and shoot it. I personally didn't have enough time to draw back and shoot it before you said, oh, fuck. Right. Like I was like, oh shit. And then, uh, it part was of me you. wishes I would have just nutted up and sat there. That would have been sweet. Dude. You could have, I mean, kill, you kill, kill, kill a cat on your buddy's kill. I mean, that is sweet. Yeah. But. Yeah, at this point, we're trying to figure out, we're like, 
he's on the blood show. He has to be on my bowl. Yeah. Because it, there's no reason. That's for what we're thinking. Be, yeah. yeah there's no like, reason for it. Why to be. is this thing doing what it's doing? We both thought, yeah, your bowl's right there. That's what we thought. It's so. got to be because kittens. If it had cubs or kittens or whatever, we there was no reason for it to be that aggressive when the kittens are behind it. Right. And uh, so yeah, we came down to the conclusion that this has to be on my kill, and it's not going to leave until we make it leave. Um, and we don't have the equipment to make it leave, um, or the desire, honestly, like I wasn't willing to go in there. And so at that point I forget, it's all kind of a blur cause it happened so quick. You, I think I tell you to back up to me and, um, we'll back, we'll kind of like back up backwards together. And so I'm, I think you make it a little bit off to me to my left and we start backing up and I'm, I'm talking the whole time. I'm backing up, I'm backing up. I'm backing up, and then I turn like I turn to start facing towards um, the road, which is about 80 yards from us, the gravel road. And uh, the limb grabs my release out of my hand and throws it. And I'm like, "This is not good." <laughs> so I think um, at that point, I'm like, Brad, you got to cover me because <laughs> yeah. I got to find my goddamn release now. And I spent probably five minutes looking for that release, found it again, my hinge. And at that point, I'm like, you know, I'm never using a hinge again. This is stupid. I've lost this thing so many times out in the wood. Had to go back and look for it. I, I, I am constantly, and it's just not the hinge's fault. It's my fault. But I'm just my personality. With the way that I forget shit, I need to just have something literally attached to me. And I don't want something just dangling there in the way when I'm trying to use my hand. So if anybody out there has a good way to attach a release to your body, like your wrist. I don't want it on my body attached to like my chest or anything because I think that's stupid. I want it attached to my wrist without being in the way. And I don't think there's a good way to do that. And then also have complete, um, a shot execution with the way it should go. So if anybody has an idea, let me know, but I'm thinking I'm switching back to a wrist rocket after that. It's just too sketchy. But, uh, and then, so we get back together. I think I think we both agreed, said, fuck this, we're getting guns, and we're coming back. And so we were getting ready to drive, shit, dude, like hour and a half back to back to town, mm-hmm. get pistols or guns or shotguns or whatever, you know, bazookas, come back, and, and then go get the bull, which would have put the bull dead for probably close to seven hours, eight hours. I mean, granted, it was cool, but then you're starting to risk, you know, meat rot which I don't think there probably would have been. but um, So anyways, you're like, uh, you heard a rig coming, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to run out there and try and stop it. And then it was a guy pulling a trailer. His name's Mark. Hero of the day. Probably the hero of the story. And uh, did you ask him if he had a gun? Yeah, you yelled at him. They stop. He gets out. I'm like, you got a gun? I always got a gun. I'm like, well, shit, yeah. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> right. I'm like, we got a, we think a cat on my buddy's kill up here. You fucking shitting me? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious, man. And he freaking, uh, yeah, pulled out this freaking, what was that thing? A 44 revolver. Yeah. 44 man. And he led the way. He it charged in there like hand cannon. Cra- crazy guy. Yeah. I he told had him no like, shits. He didn't care. He wanted to kill that thing like it was nobody's business. (laughs) I just kind of, I grabbed your phone, started filming. I'm like, I'll just hang back here. Yeah. This guy charges in here. At this time, we don't even know Mark's name. He's just like, show me the way. I'm like, well, we ribboned off the blood trail. And he takes it out. He's like, I'm going in hot. And so he cocks it back. And so we stay behind him, obviously. And he's just going in there with a freaking hand cannon. And uh, (laughs) the guy's so cool. Oh my god, he's like probably my he's definitely my favorite person in this whole story. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> and so he, he uh, leaves his wife and he parks his truck, leaves his wife in the rig, tells her what's going on, charges in and we're following him in there and he follows the ribbon, sees the blood. And we get into there where we're like, "Okay, this is where things started to get western here." And he pushes forward past where we had been, maybe 15 yards, 20 yards. And uh He's like, I don't see any cat in here, but I see your bull. And I'm like, hell yeah. He, that that freaking whatever that animal was had claimed my bull and was holding its ground. And then between when we left and Mark came back, it had left. Like, I don't know why it had left, but it had left. And so uh, that was pretty That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, lesson learned on that one. And uh, so Mark was like, well, I'm not going to leave you guys completely. I'll go park my trailer 
and then bring back basically some friends of his and and watch us, you know, take care of the bull and make sure that the cougar doesn't come back. Because um, at this point, I'm thinking, will it come back? Is it going to come back? I've never even been in this situation before. Right. Um, and so we're, uh, I've got a machete. You take the machete out and you're cutting branches off of trees. Yeah. Trying to clear out a, some room. Yeah. To, to process this bowl. bowl. And I'm thinking, well, at least we got a machete to hit it with or something. And, um, so long story short, we start taking care of the bowl. Mark comes back and it's a couple buddies I have from the coast that I've shot, um, over at the 3d shoot. I've, I've met him over there, um, through Anthony and Shelby and, and uh, it was Brian and Tanya Thrall from uh, Music in the Mountain Productions, which is a YouTube channel, Music in the Mountains. And uh, be sure to go subscribe. Awesome people. They actually have some really epic footage from this year's uh, bow season. They killed a bull. Um, and the, the sound quality and then the footage is going to be – I think it's going to be pretty epic. But Because um, they, they showed me a, a little bit of a, a teaser video, and it was like, holy crap. And um, so be sure to go check them out. And then, so basically, they watched us process the bowl, brought us a couple beers, right? Or did you go back and get a beer with Dustin? That's what happened. Me and Dustin carried out a couple quarters, and he's like, you want a beer? I'm like, shit, yeah, I want a beer. <laughs> yeah. So then we brought you one. Right. Came back and. Yeah. Dude, I packed out the scrap meat, and I think that was it. Yeah. I think Mark packed my bow just to pack something, and then Brian took the head took the head me and that dustin guy we each got a quarter or we each carried two quarters yeah that guy was a stud he freaking he's pretty pretty good shape because i mean i'm no i'm no slouch and <laughs> i was uh you know like halfway there i started ahead of him here he comes flying by me i'm like holy <laughs> crap Right on. Yeah, and you can pack meat like no one's business. You're pretty. That's, that's what my. Never mind. <laughs> I'll leave leave out the dirty comment. Oh, that's okay. Let's see. That's what my my wife says to you, but <laughs> my bad. It's it's okay. <laughs> um, and what else happened from there? Um, <laughs> the Mark guys like yeah, when he first came up, not Mark, but uh, oh Brian Brian. Oh, I thought that was you guys because <laughs> of that damn beanie. I'm like, yeah, that's us. I mean, he's glassing us up. He's like, the right. beanie gave it away. Yeah, he's like, I knew that was Garrett when I saw the big guy with the beanie because Garrett hunts with Brad who wears a beanie. I was like, yep. <laughs> it's not – I have like five of these beanies in my house. I don't yeah. wear the same one. I alternate them. Do you want to talk about your beanie? No. It's a comfort <laughs> It's a comfort, comfort thing. I'm not going bald. You will. You will wear that thing in 100-degree weather. It's just part of me. Well, um, one of my buddies online was talking, um, and he's like, what's the deal with your buddy and his beanie? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never actually asked him. <laughs> it's kind of like this. I got a full head of hair. Unspoken thing. I got voted best hair in high school, so it's Did not a really? hair issue. Yeah. Well, I, I told him, like, well, you know, as long as he keeps killing elk, I don't really care right. what he wears. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you, yeah, you, you told me to tell him that it helps you kill big bulls. And so you can't argue with it because he killed a big bull this year. Yeah. But so um, outside of that, that was pretty much the morning. And, and so uh, Brian and Tanya watched the whole thing go down through a spot and scope while some California dudes, cool dudes from California, tried to stalk in on Brad and shoot him with a bow. And then I had a guy trying to shoot a bull from I, – I call out from under me because we were on it at daylight, but I don't think that was actually his intention. I don't, I don't really know what his intentions were, but um, they were good intentions once he figured out that he was beat you know, to the bull. He didn't, he didn't blow the herd out of there, which he very easily could have done. When I was on that bull, literally, if I would have opened my other eye, I could see him and my scope in the same, like they weren't, he wasn't in danger. He was about 125 yards up the hill, but I could see him and the bull and my sight all in one view. It was pretty crazy. Um, just how pressured that bull was going to be here in about like literally minutes. And so just insane how it went down. But so, yeah, that's the story of my bull and um, lessons learned, uh, always pack. And uh, I will never not leave the woods, even if it's, so, you know, just to go retrieve an animal or anything. I'm, I'm always going to have a freaking pistol on me. And I, I just, yeah, I just didn't, I never thought that would happen. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you usually pack a nine with you, don't you? Oh, that's in the truck. Like, even <laughs> I never packed it when I killed my bull the other day. I started that's thinking true. about that after I got an arrow, and I'm like, oh, shit. Not this again. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, I'm a ways from the rig. Yeah. But, oh, I gave you a box of 90, and I'm like, we're not playing games. I'm like, here's the ammo. No, it's, I got it. It's ready. I, I should probably buy a holster and pack that thing around with me. Yeah. Dude, the EXO, um, for my compact little, well, my wife's compact little Walther um, PK380, that pistol fits perfectly in the EXO little hip belt pouch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I can fit that and a roll of ribbon in there. It's, like, perfect. and It's easy access, and so that's where I keep it. Um, but, yeah, so... There you go, folks. That's that's how my bowl went down. Um, we got it out. Um, it actually ran about 100 yards from the truck, maybe. I mean, it ran pretty damn close to the truck on flat ground. I mean, everything was like – I think I even joked earlier. I'm like, how cool would it be if this thing died next to, like, next to the truck or down there on the flat? It was a cool flat area, um, 100 yards from a gravel road, and – Literally the easiest pack I've ever had. I didn't think I was ever going to have an easier pack after my last bowl. This bowl was easier. Flat ground. Flat ground. Freaking everyone showed up. Yeah, we had like seven or eight guys there. But uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that story. And I I really hope you guys um, are, are having some success in the woods. So far this year, I've been getting a lot of messages. Guys wondering, you know, why they're not getting answers. Why, you know what's going on here. I know that North coast seemed to start off like fire this year, dude. It was like everybody up North, like my buddy, uh, Austin killed. Kincaid, yeah. They, they got killed two, two bulls right off quick. the get go. And those bulls came in storming. Yeah. Like it was like, I think he called that bull basically into his truck. It seems like that way every year though, man, <laughs> I look at, I, I need to not do this cause it pisses me off, but everyone up North, I feel like they get bulls fired up right off the get go. And down here, my luck, at least. I mean, not everyone's luck, but it's usually the 16th, which is today. Is it today the 16th? I think so. This oh. is the day oh. I'm always, I make sure I'm out there. But, uh, yes, I think we're like a week behind. I feel like we're a week behind than the, the North, North Bulls. Well, I, I could be wrong. It's just a theory, but <sighs> I just, over I, the years, my success, this, this is the earliest I've ever punched my tag. That's crazy. So. Well, I think that's because you're hunting herds with big bulls. Right. Like you're focusing on that right, dynamic. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I would have shot a raghorn this year. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm shooting the first one that walks out. That's legal. Yep. Minus so, I last mean, you year. You have to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I you don't have to, but man, those herd bulls are hard to kill. They're really hard to kill, and you have to basically play all your cards right. I think, and you have to know. I think you have to actually know. What There's not, yeah, what you're doing. There's not much of getting lucky. You know, if you catch one being retarded out in the middle of the unit, that's another thing. But right. once they're in the timber and once they're, they're, that whole dynamic is going on and you got a hot cow and you got this and that and the herd ain't stopping, like, um, we'll get into, into your bull next episode, but um, you really do have to know what you're doing to really consistently kill those big bulls. I believe. Yeah. But um, so one thing I, I've learned, guys, is, Volume is king on your bugles. Um, I would rather be louder than than sound like a championship caller. I'd rather be loud. I bet I'd, I'd like to be the loudest guy in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the loudest guy in the woods, but I'm pretty damn loud. And um, I've never gotten more bugles and drainages. I've never I've gotten bugles and drainages I've never had before. And I've gotten bugles farther the farthest away I've ever gotten before on the coast. And I've gotten the most bugles I've ever gotten this early. So usually I'll get that kind of action, like you said, around the 16th. That's when I'll start getting two or three bulls to pipe off in a drainage. When did you kill your bull that one year? Uh, which one? The Your uh, six by six, the one I helped you pack out the oh, first time. That was the 16th? Yeah. I knew that. That's why I asked that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, good point. Um, the earliest I ever killed a bull who you would have thought it was the 16th was, like I think, the 29th of August. Um, he was freaking fired up. But that was, uh, that was a unicorn, and people knew that he was an early season bull, which – I think is another thing to talk about too, but we'll do that on another podcast. So um, outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening. And um, yeah, if you guys got any questions, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert. You know, I've, I've only recently started finding success um, with elk uh, with a bow, but it's pretty repeatable once you figure it out. So, um, you know, if you have any questions, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm going to try and have some experts on the show here soon. Try and get the angry, uh, angry spike guys on after they punch their tags. And uh, get some real guys that have some some crazy good stories and, and a lot of experience and stuff that, you know, like Brad and I, I think, listened to their podcast. Was that before or after we killed my bull? 
That was after, I believe. Yeah, yeah because we came home yeah. and then watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were going to go back out and try and kill you of all that, that, yeah. that evening. Yeah. And uh, long story short, you know, I'm always hungry for information. Brad's a sponge as well. You know, he's always learning and going. And so um, hopefully you guys can can get some valuable lessons this year. Listen to some good podcasts. There's there's a lot of good information out there that can help you speed up that learning curve. And that's uh, that's probably one of the number thing one things I've done is just listen to the right podcasts. You know, yeah, angry spite guys, man. That's yep, they that's, help me. I mean, I blame a lot of my success on them. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta be all in, though. You gotta right. You gotta be all in. You gotta the information I took from them. I just applied it and all in. It's been working, so yeah. Probably should listen to those guys. Those guys for sure. Well, and on the on the next, re- well, we'll have you're gonna have them in. So, hundred yeah, percent that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and on the next podcast, I think Brad and I are gonna probably go into more tips and tactics of what he does to get on on bulls. What I've noticed when you get on on a herd, um, and things that we've both done to find success, and and success to me, you know, that's just getting in on a herd and getting in in range and getting a shot. Doesn't mean you necessarily killed it, but. There's a lot of successes if you really start opening it up. You know, that that one little spot where maybe if you you just missed the bull but everything else was right. I mean, I call that a success. I mean, you 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 got in there on a herd, you got within range, you played the cards right, you beat you beat you beat the bull, right? You beat him right there at that point. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Just because you didn't kill that bull doesn't mean you didn't play your cards right. So um anyways guys, all right, well we'll catch you on the next one. And uh yeah, appreciate you for listening. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have a chance, be sure to go follow Brad on Instagram at CoastGateHunter. Just type in his name, Brad Powell. He'll pull right up. Um, And, uh, yeah, follow his adventures on there. He's he's reluctantly getting um, pulled into the kind of the social media um, influencer game slowly. I'm, I'm dragging him. He's kicking and screaming along the way, but I'm, I'm dragging him in. So, um, he's definitely a good guy to follow a lot to learn from, from him. And if you haven't yet, be sure to go leave a review on iTunes. I know those do help somehow in the algorithm world. And if you have a good review, let me know what you like. If you have a bad review, leave me a bad review, but let me know what you don't like so we can try and get better. This is your guys' show that you listen to, right? So I want to make sure that we're making content that, you guys are um, absorbing and getting stuff out of and trying to turn that information into application out in the woods. So outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening. And we're going to follow this episode up uh, very shortly after this episode. I'll upload Brad's bull experience and talk about that. And we'll actually start getting into some strategy, some tips and tactics tactics that Brad uses and things that we both um, have discovered and found um, while chasing these roses around the woods. So outside of that, guys, appreciate it. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.